welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, welcome back to the country. We are a few days late, but how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm rested, relaxed, you know, all those fun things after taking a little weekend get away with the family, but um, was able to catch the match on um, on my phone in the, in the middle mm-hmm. of the ocean. So it was good to see the boys get a win. Um, and a, and a hard fought one at that, right? And it took took a little bit of adjustment, but at the same time, that's kind of what you want to see from a a team in in the early stages of the season, right? Figuring these things out, trying to put the puzzle together. Because I, there were times, even in 2019, right, where that, that's by and large our best, our the the club's best year, um, where you didn't feel like they were truly going to be able to unlock you know, the, the defense. Mm. And in this particular moment, right, you see, you see these things um, popping up. You see their ability to, to attack in different ways. than I think we saw in previous years. So it's definitely good to see comparatively to what, um, you know, we've seen over the years where it almost felt a bit stubborn in our approach. Um, but now it definitely seems like there's at least a, you know, there's a willingness to make adjustments and to try and figure things out in a different way than I think we saw previously. Yeah, I think you saw a lot of the flexibility. So in this one, um, Sifu is coming back from international duty. Acosta is coming back from from international duty. So you don't really have your first choice midfield to go a full 90. You don't really have your second choice right back, I suppose, in Kellen Acosta, as as we've seen, he was the guy that when Escobar initially went out, he was the one that that played that position, not Latif Blessing, which is still kind of surprising to me. But um, again, you can't even move Blessing there because you can't start Acosta yet. Um, so anyway, he's uh, you know it, there, like you said, there is there is a, a fair amount of flexibility that LAFC has shown. And I think it's it's proved to be uh, a really solid start. And the, I mean, the question just remains: Is this are they going to be able to sustain the way they the way they win? And I think as long as they have enough of those pieces healthy throughout the year, and they don't have to rely on Hollingshead at right back too much, or they don't have to rely on Janela and Ilya to play together too much, then I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think barring. Barring injuries, I think that'll be the biggest concern um, moving forward because obviously we don't know at this point what, you know, obviously we've seen a few here and there, right, in terms of how, you know, how things suffer when Acosta's out in the midfield or, you know, what it looks like with, you know, two left-footed uh, fullbacks in at the same time, right? Yeah. So there's a couple of those things, obviously, that we're, we're looking at, um you know, in, in how this will look moving forward. But I think as of right now, right, the depth looks good enough to withstand, um, you know, to withstand a fight over the next, you know, over the course of the season, right? And we do know the MLS season is is a slog, right? We're not even, it's just starting to warm up here in, in, uh, in California. I don't know how things are out there in Arizona. Uh, they're, they're definitely warming up. I mean, Flagstaff is much cooler. You know, it's about... 75 degrees during the day right now it is 48 degrees outside uh, yeah see i mean and at night 
for whatever reason, in the middle of the ocean and in Mexico, it was like 65 degrees all weekend. So it was a little bit different experience. But when I got back and then obviously today, um, you know, it's definitely warm over here. And my wife just got to Phoenix and I think the high is like 92. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot already down there in the valley, as we call it. And so, you know, the as we go transition into the next phase, right, that's where those that depth really starts to kick in. And you saw it, I think, at times in in this Orlando game, in the Miami game, where the humidity starts to play a factor, you know, all these kind of weird weather conditions that come along with playing in different parts of the United States really start to be be problematic at times. Um, but the question just, like I said, it just becomes, you know, we is there anything that they need to probably do heading into, you know, into that, into the next transfer window? You know, I mean, obviously the the moving Kimun Wan out probably opens up some necessity to find another right back, I would assume. Yeah, I would hope so because I, I everybody already knows my feelings on this, but uh, I, I don't like left-footed right backs. I don't like Hollingshead there. I think, I think he's, you know, of the options, he's pretty good, but I'm, I'm just not interested in him being the guy. I just really am not. Possibly Eddie Segura comes back, and now Mario is both a backup center back and a backup right back. Uh, if that's the case, then fine. And uh, I, I'd honestly be fine with that. I think I think that's a good plan. Um, but anyway, yeah, I. To me, to me, the midfield is still the big, the big concern. I think Opoku has shown enough in the past five weeks that you can trust him to be the third guy, or the fourth guy there. Yeah, I mean, I think when you kind of look at, you know, like I said, where this is probably the midfield again, I think is the one, the one part where, place we're always coming back to, and I think this, this match was probably the strongest evidence we can point to over the course of the season because obviously they've looked decent, right? And obviously like there's a couple times, like in what was it in the, the game where you had Sifu and blessing playing together, right? You, maybe you just didn't have a final ball or some of these things, but they're combative in the midfield, right? They're, they're, yeah. they're getting stuck in the challenges. They're hard to play through. So you're never really threatened from a defensive perspective, but you're also not getting a ton on the creative side of things. Yeah. Um, with, when Acosta's is not in the game, however, you know, as as you look, as you know, as when you take a step back though and look at okay, what could this team really use, right? I think we we're probably a broken record at this point. Coming back to, do you have, you know, that that DP midfielder that can both create, you know, and 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 now get stuck in on it from a defensive perspective too, right? Yeah, to pair I- with Acosta. Right. Uh, to me, to me, the overall problem, I talked about it with Joe Lowry when he was on the show last week, and you and I have talked about it at great length. To me, the main problem with the midfield is that it's full of one-dimensional players. And <clears throat> the different players have different dimensions. So Janela and Ilya are, are playmaking, pace-setting midfielders, right? But they're not ball winners they're not defensively uh stout they're 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 not N'Golo Kante right uh to use kind of an absurd example um and then you have Blessing and Sifu who 
leave a lot to be desired on the playmaking side. And I, you know, we saw flashes of it from Sifu last year. Uh, in like, I think it was the month of June where he had, I don't know, a handful of goals, a handful of assists, but then kind of settled back down into like, he's mostly just a presser. And we've seen a couple flashes again, that I go back to that Carlos Vela goal for against, against Colorado, uh, where he makes this third man run out of, out of the midfield off of the ball from Kripota Ilya and ends up with the assist to Vela. But you just don't see a whole lot of that, right? So you have these two kind of these two profiles. I feel like Acosta has a bit of both of those ability, like both profiles, but not enough of them, if that makes sense. So instead of, uh, I guess if you, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. Instead, he's like he's like half and half, right? He's got half the pressing and half the playmaking ability. And what you really want is somebody that has the pressing, like one like one hole of the pressing and one hole of the passing ability. And you're only going to get that if you go out and spend DP money. Like that's the only way you're going to get it. And to yeah, me, I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I will say, like I, you know, the would the would the option there be to have two two Acostas on the field though? Right, if you're not looking to to mm-hmm. go and break the bank, if you have if you have depth with in terms of having Ilya, you know, like doing his thing, right? He's like I think the the you know he's maybe not be a ball winner, right? But he cuts out passing lanes so well, like that the first game where you see him, the way he tracks back in between the, in between the lines, right, covering for center backs, just kind of running back, you know. Again, he's not winning the ball from anyone, but he understands where the ball goes better than anyone on the field. Right in terms right, of just right having that field awareness to put himself in the right position. Again, he's he doesn't have the legs to to win a bunch of one on one duels and challenge you know get in there and and win challenges. You know, I think there was a there was one where he got kind of came in late and picked up a yellow a few games back, and you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, like you know, there maybe ten years ago, right? He gets stuck in is able to win that ball, but at this point in his career, he's a guy that's going to use he's more of a Busquets, right? In terms yeah. of where he's going to put himself on the field, um, but again, if if we're looking at that profile, right? If you if you basically have two vert two Acosta's on the field, does that not now solve your problem? Because one can do, you know, one can hang back while the other goes forward, and vice versa, right? As opposed to, and again, yeah. I think we've yeah. we've we run into issues here where the our balance gets thrown off dramatically. Right? Atuesta was another one of these guys where he could get forward and play a little bit of defense, but you almost wish he would get stuck in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the point where a lot of people just wanted to see him play attacking mid. Yeah. Right? And he wasn't ever particularly successful there when he did play there for LAFC. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was a better passer from deep than he was advanced. Yeah. You know, and again, yeah. I think that there's different reasons for that, but you know, um, Maybe just allowed teams to close down on him a little bit more, or whatever it may be. But again, he we we saw him as a shuttling eight in that in season one, right next to Benny Fellhaber, yeah. or next to in, in for the most part got outplayed by Lee Wynn in that same role, right? Because mm-hmm. that's they kind of had this rotating trio of of you know of of Lee, Benny Fellhaber, and Mark Anthony K, right, kind of rotating through that mm-hmm. midfield. But really, the two deepest line ones that more often than not were were going to be Atuesta, Failhaber, and um, and Lee Wynn mm. for whatever reason. I mean, because mm-hmm. yeah, you're kind of using 
you know, K and and blessing in that. Well, I guess K got hurt right at that point. That's yeah. when he had broke yeah. his ankle, mm-hmm. and so again, and we didn't really see the total. You know, like a twist that don't get me wrong was one of the best midfielders in MLS, but again, the, I think the big thing, and we had talked about this previously, is that you know, like not having the the fact that we have all these one one dimensional players is more more a factor of the league structure than it is the yeah, willingness to go yeah. out and find that person right because if you're able to find that person without having to be pay DP money he's they're, they're only going to be here for a year or two before they get bought and sent mm-hmm. over to Europe somewhere mm-hmm. yeah so uh, not to continue getting bogged down in in the midfield discussion but I think you see I think you see just how you can you can work around this right. So on the Brian Rodriguez goal, you see Hollingshead push into the midfield. They're, they're possessing rather patiently uh, there in the midfield. And then uh, Vela drops back and comes into the midfield as well to get on a ball, gets on the ball. And at this point you have five LAFC players in the midfield. So Orlando's going to have to respond by moving somebody in there to, to add some pressure. Right. And at that moment you have the quality there in Carlos Vela's left foot and he, he pings this ball over the top lays. I mean, it's, it's an incredible ball and you're like, wait, maybe he can play Richista for us. Uh, he, I mean, he just picks out the perfect patch of grass to lay it down in the pass is perfectly weighted. Arango gets there left footed cross across the, across the six. And here comes Brian Rodriguez sliding in, in the rain to, to roof it. Right. Um, so that's an example of what you can do if your midfield isn't doing enough to create, right? Like you can bring guys into those positions and and overload the middle and then cause, you know, free men to be created elsewhere on the field. So there are things that you can do tactically to kind of cover up those those deficiencies. But I well, for, I mean and to to you know to make this a normal counterprise podcast, right? Um Liverpool have been doing this for forever, right? With their midfield, right? It yeah. wouldn't have been the same if I didn't bring this up at some point. But again, like their midfield has never been creative, right? Like no, and, they're 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 a tribote, right? The uh-huh. they all work midfield, yeah. Of and and their creativity comes from in at least over the last couple of years had come from Firmino dropping in, creating that overload, where now you get Salah and and Mane isolated with with their defenders and then you're and then as a defense you're in a ton of trouble right because his movement just creates so many problems in terms of where your defense is dragged and we talked and when you look at what happens on that particular play Vela moving into the midfield basically pulls their entire back line like seven yards forward Mm, mm. right like I mean they're they're far out of position when he drops in you know because you you have to Right, Vela, you know, for even though he's been hurt and all these different things, like he's a guy you cannot you cannot give him space nor room to 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 operate. If you know, and if you do, you're gonna you're he's gonna punish you. And so, in on that particular play, right, you you go back and you look at it. He drops pretty deep into the midfield, pulls that defense out of out of position. So now you have Arango versus uh, fullback in space, mm-hmm. right, and then. Brian Rodriguez makes the run that we've been waiting for for since the moment he signed with his team. Yeah, yeah. 
right? And making that back post run that you just don't see him do consistently. But if he if he's going to do it, this is how what he's going to be rewarded with, right? Is free shots at goal. Yeah. Because now, as now when that ball gets switched to the opposite side, right, it pulls his fullback out of position. You know who was, exactly. and now he's free. It you know he's making that free run. So, you know, I think like you're saying, like there's definitely ways to, to work around that. I, I love that you see the coaching staff finding those options, especially as the game goes on. Right. And they're not beholden to a specific way, you know, like I said, you know, like that, that's a transition goal, right? You kind of, you kind of catch, catch, or, you know, Orlando for, you know, their, their, their problem right now is like that when they play all those attackers, their balance is, completely off right and yeah. and when yeah. they're i think one of their defenders ended up getting hurt now they don't really have much in, in terms of defense but i think which the is big... it, which was a major turning point in the match i must say yeah that was that was uh um I don't, it was a weird play because it looks like rodriguez just gets just kicks him in the nuts from behind but he mm-hmm. like goes down with a hamstring injury he's a torn uh, hamstring they said four to six months Jeez. Yeah. So it was like bad. Grade so, three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a full wow. grade three, grade three sprain. So, mm. or strain. So he's, he's done. Um, but again, it's like the, they're, they're pushing four attackers forward at all times. Yeah. Right. So the mid, our midfield actually doesn't have to do a whole lot there other than get stuck in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and if, and if we're willing to play in transition, which I, I'm not quite sure we were willing to do that regularly in, in over the past couple of years. You're gonna have those opportunities that we had today. Yeah, I mean, I had a handful of transition goals against them today, and um, from a variety of different looks as as well. It's not like it's just win a ball in the midfield on a counter press and immediately play it in behind, right? Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know regarding the midfield. I feel like you have to have uh more than it's it's like pick your poison if you have two or two out of your three midfielders are pressers then you're not getting enough creativity if you have two out of the three being pace setting ball playing midfielders then you you're too easy to play through and we saw that with orlando and i mean it's probably going to be it's obviously going to be more pronounced against a good attacking team like orlando is but um Again, to bring it kind of full circle, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they need somebody else there. And I, I'm really interested to see what it looks like when Sifu is back alongside Kellen Acosta because I, I do think that's going to help. But uh, let's talk about some of the Orlando goals, uh, especially the Pato one, because I think this is another example of where um, the non-natural right back is caught in a weird position. And this is the second goal like this this year i don't remember who the first one was was against it may have been was it portland where holling said started on the at right back yeah because it was that was the one well yeah because escobar goes out in the first five ten minutes of the game whatever okay, he, that's right yeah. holling's head comes in and then that's where you see that weird jimmy is kind of like loose and open enough to to do this weird yeah because he gets kind of caught in this weird position yeah right um, and then this was the same in this case where you see it's hard to tell who's actually at fault there because Mario has to come out to 
you know, the their number nine, I forget his name, drops in super deep, right? Yeah. And Mario mm-hmm. goes charging up, chase him up there. And then that ball gets played, and he plays a, a flick on wide. And then now we're kind of scrambling I, so after I, that. Yeah, or then that was on the, the offside goal. Yeah, there's the ball. There's the ball over the top. It's like a diagonal ball, and there's a there's just a, a an open header in our in our penalty area, right? And it's back to Pato who who hits it on the volley. And to me, it looks like it's originally Mario's guy. It's the one it's I was one of thinking those... of was actually the the one that got called back. So that, yeah, that's my mistake. Yeah. It's one. It's a goal where. It's unclear of exactly who it should be, and I'm sure if you were able to get into film se- uh, film session with Chirondolo, he'd tell you exactly. Oh well, in this situation, when we have all four defenders back and a ball coming from the midfield and a guy in this position, it should be Mario's or Hollingshead, or you know whoever it is. Uh, to me, when I watch it, it's just this is this is something that. Uh, a better a better team a better combination doesn't doesn't really let in as easy right where if it's somebody that's used to playing on the right hand side they may they may switch off of that defender more readily and pass him off to Mario or they might pick him up faster or Mario you know there's just going to be a better understanding if there's a better relationship there and if you have a guy who's a natural right back playing in that position. Like it seems like it wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? You're playing the same position on the other side of the field. You're doing all the same things, but ultimately it still is different. So um, it's just, it's something that I just don't really care for. I understand why again, Acosta's not there. Escobar's hurt and Sifu can't, can't start either. So blessing has to be in the midfield. But for me, it's just not, it's, not the right idea yeah and so obviously it's like i think at that in that moment you know you're probably hoping that um you know that his experience and his and his time in the league gives him a little bit of an advantage which right. you do see and like you know he 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 tends to play it safe a little bit more right he because he and on that first goal right he kind of pinches into the midfield and causes Part of mm-hmm. you know it, mm-hmm. it's actually what causes that overload that that throws Orlando Absolutely. off there, so you know I think you're you're going to I, I at least appreciate that Trundle's not not crazy about how about you know having a, he has that inverted fullback, and then you know we would have it at times last year right with El Manier, right? and then Bob would still push him all the way down to the end line. Yeah, and it's like Almanir's like, the most left-footed player on the team, right? And, like and so, he couldn't use his right foot to save his soul. What for are you gonna, sure, what's he going to do down there on the right wing? Yeah, and so you know, and so it's like at least I will say that I think Trendelow is pragmatic enough to understand in those particular moments, right? Understand you have an inverted fullback there. You don't see Hong's head bombing forward. Yeah, you know, at all times doing those things. So at least there's some defensive so because he's not, he's not being you know asked to to do these things unnaturally down the wing right whereas mm. when he's on the left side he definitely gets forward a lot more he like he's been one of the better attacking fullbacks in the league for a long time in terms of yeah. his ability to cross and all these different things but obviously in the moment where you know he's asked to be played there right he's functioning more as an another defensive midfielder or another center back right more often than yeah more I mean, often most than of the, most of the wing. 
most of the MLS talking heads will tell you that he has been the best left back in MLS for a long time running. Um, but by the same token, there's there's another play too at, at the right before the half, where where does the goal where does the Joao Moutinho goal come from? Yeah, that same side, right? It's a guy shaking loose. And now credit to Orlando. Orlando does a great job attracting all sorts of pressure to the opposite side, our left side of the penalty area, and then is able to switch play through their midfield at the top of the box, right to Joao Moutinho, who is, I, he's he's wide open. I mean, it's it's almost embarrassing how open he is over on that side. And obviously there should be some help elsewhere. But again, it's just one of those things like, you have to imagine if there's a natural right back there, then you're fine. Yeah, right. I mean, and they were attacking it, right? Like they were like throughout the entire game. That's where they were going, right? Even yeah, yeah. on the couple saves, I mean, those couple there's a couple plays where Carpo has to just stand on his head and make some crazy saves. Yeah, yeah. It's all attacking on that on that on that side, right? It's a yeah. cross. It's a cross coming from right, our left to right, mm-hmm. right, or the mm-hmm. offense attacking from right to left. With a, you know, sending it in and then having a back post run to that weak side where you, you know, you're assuming that Hong's head probably isn't going to be able to track as well as he would on the opposite side. It's yeah. just unnatural to step that way for him. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, like we said at the beginning of the show, though, like despite all this, LAFC is able to find a way to win. And one of the things that I love is that it's all sorts of different goal scorers in all sorts of different ways, right? So you have, this goal over the top from Vela, the, the Regista. You end up with a Jesus Murillo goal from, I think it started as a corner kick. Do I have that right? Yes, I believe so. I can't so. remember. Uh, but, I mean, he gets this kind of like sliding goal. Uh, Ilya Sanchez picks up a loose, uh, I think it's a loose ball that he then is able to create some space and scores a screamer. I mean, just an incredible shot. That one, it's right. you have some good interplay between the midfield in that in okay. that moment, right? Okay. So you kind of have this kind of come one touch passing at the top of the box that just kind of falls. Ilya, you know, Ilya kind of I think he plays like a one two, and then gets an opening and just yeah. buries it. So, and then Opoku comes in and he gets one uh, after as LAFC counterattacks a uh, an an Orlando set piece in our defensive third. So, uh, lots of different goal scorers, different ways to score. Um, so uh, there's there's a lot of positives to take away from this, in the in that it's it's not just all coming through Carlos, which is like the one reservation you have after the Colorado game. Like, okay, so a bad Colorado team and <laughs> Vela's the only one getting on the end of these. Is that a is that a problem? But as we've gone on, it's it's clear that that's not a problem at all. So. They can score yeah. in a variety of ways. Which is always going to be good, right? I think, especially early on in the season, like I, you just want to see them figuring these things out. And I think that's yeah. what we're slowly starting to see is like yeah. they're, you know, obviously under a new coach, you know, relatively similar systems, but them working through these problems and trying to figure out how to solve them. And I think you have a, you have a different problem coming up here. Um, next week, but I think it's actually going to, Orlando was a good test for them because I think it's, you're going to see a similar style um, game yeah. ne- from yeah. this week to next. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, the you know, it's already heating up on Twitter. People are going back and forth about ticket prices and, you know, the typical uh, Galaxy banter, um, uh, which, you know, whatever is fine. I will continue to tweet Spanish love songs at them. Um, but, I, you know, what, what are you going to do? Um, I know that uh, I think you are right in that there's the all there's a there's plenty of attacking firepower. The fullbacks are good. I know that's weird hearing me saying Raheem Edwards is good, but I mean in a very defined role, which is what he has at at, at Galaxy. I think he. I mean he's 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 one of their main creators. That doesn't scare me all that much because. <laughs> I think if you defend him well, then he's just going to continue to dribble and take wild shots as opposed to actually lay off the ball. But um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's changed. Maybe he's learned. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Josh, anything else from this game you want to get to before we get to some questions here? No, I think like so we've kind of covered the majority of it. I mean, like I said, I think we've probably been a little bit more nit- nitpicky than needed. Um, yeah, you know, especially yeah. on the midfield, but you know, it's a, like I said, I think to reiterate, it's a, it was a great win. Good to see them, them pull this one up. But also I think it needs to be said that Maxine Kerpo is, is, is doing things that, you know, like we would have dropped points in the game like this, had it not been for him. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yes. Right. Either a draw or you end up losing this game because, you know, he's going, he's just makes saves that you don't you don't get from anyone else. And I think yeah. that's that's the other big thing, big takeaway is that like we have a match winner on our hands here, mm-hmm. right? In terms of a guy that will make that big save when you need it the most, right? Whereas I feel like in these big moments we were always holding, you know, holding our breath expecting the worst to happen over the yeah. over the past couple of years. Can they just hold on for the next 25 minutes mm-hmm. and not give up three goals to, to lose this match? Um, yeah, it's 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 like Gerundolo said, they they find a way to win. And that's that's extremely positive in a in a league that only seems to reward that kind of like winning one off game mentality. Like that's all that really matters in this league, ultimately. Um, anyway, all right. First question is from Lavanda Popular. Really interested to hear your opinions on what tactical adjustments we made at halftime. Second half was night and day from the first. I think it's really just the, the change in the midfield. Janela comes out and Sifu comes in. And we move from a pace-setting, ball-playing midfield to a pressing, more of a pressing midfield that you know we rely on, San, on Sanchez more to to do the heavy lifting in the, in the attack, but uh, being able to stop Orlando from just building up and having whatever they want, I think is what really changed it for us where we're not just defending for our lives. Yeah. I think Janela has a place on this team. It's just not alongside Elias Sanchez, right? In terms, and it'll depend obviously on your opponent as well. Like this, this just may have not been the right team to play those types of guys to, as a pair because Orlando right. has the attackers to make you pay versus, you know, maybe against a playing against Minnesota or yeah. Or, one of these bunker ball teams, yeah, then, yeah. you know, maybe that's, that's actually the perfect pairing. Cause those guys do have that ability to be, be smooth on the ball and comfortable without much threat of having to, 
you know, to defend in space. Yeah. I, I go back to the Portland game, right? Yeah. I'd much rather see uh, Diego Chara chasing around Ilya and, and Janela and not have, you know, where it's, it's like, that's what you need is you need, is you need midfielders are going to be a little bit more patient and more difficult to dispossess uh, and pick off passes from. So, uh, Tom Camilleri at Bronco Fan 07. I noted last year LAFC lost eight points after the 80th minute. Holy smokes. That's crazy. Eight points after 80 minutes. Usually by some random bungle in the back. This year after the 80th, they robbed two points from Portland and today provided a kill shot after surviving a lucky bounce just before it. It's only five games, but 13 to 15 points. And it feels different this year watching LAFC win games and still feeling like they haven't played their best yet. Also, today's first goal, it's all I've wanted to see out of the Vela, Chicho, B-Rod front line. Um, so there's a lot there, but kind of echoing this idea of uh, they they are much more defensively sound and what you were saying where you don't, nobody's holding their breath like, oh, are they going to be able to get through this? Because at this point, five games in, you're like, yeah, we can we can sit on a lead. We can even steal points away. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm yeah, I think we add. we talked about I think in our season preview that we felt like if they were able to fix some of these things, it would probably be what like a anywhere between a nine and a twelve point swing, yeah. Right by mm-hmm. just addressing some of these minor issues in in terms of how they finished games and how yeah. they defended in these particular moments. And so you know, I think Kirk Poe himself is good for at least nine, like at least six points on his own. Right, he's going to win you two games, you know. And and who knows how many points he's going to save? Just you know, save on top of that, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I think you know. So I think there's that. And then to kind of to hit on that, the, the combination of Vela, Chicho, and and Birad, I, I honestly think if you look at the way that they're setting up and how they're doing things, they're playing a long game here, because if you look at how they're utilize, utilizing that front three, where you know, we would the the formation that we would typically expect would be Vela on the right, Chicho through the middle, and Birat on the left. Correct? Yeah, is probably where you would expect them to be. Like you're playing to all their strengths. However, what we've seen a lot of in this last match was Vela through the middle, Birat on on the right, mm-hmm. and and Chicho on the left because you run into a little bit of problem that both Chicho and Birat are both predominantly right footed. Right, Vela being the only left footer, true left footer yeah. out of the three of them. But also, you're you're also not expecting Vela to be able to press, nor do you want him to, given his injury history, to press like a madman for, you know, for the entirety of the season. So I think what you're seeing a little bit more of right now is Vela to the middle, where he can be. They're kind of protecting him a little bit more. Right. And then in these opportunities where they're looking to get out and run, right, in transition, you instead of having a Vela who's going to come short on that right hand side, right, you have yeah. him play through the middle and then send the wingers screaming down the sideline. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Vela is that a false nine in a, in a much different way than I think Bob wanted him to play. Right. When Bob would play him through there, I think they had him try and do, you know, it was more of like that slow buildup where. You drop it into him, then he takes five touches on the ball, and so on and so forth. But neither Birad nor Rossi looked comfortable in in a tight possession moment, 
making play with Vela in in the you know in those moves, yeah, yeah. right? Um, because I think Birad would prefer to have the ball at his feet, and Rossi wants to you know is, is better in transition. Town. Yeah, yeah, and so I think what you see now when you have those two is that when Vela drops in, it's it's specifically to a, to release Chicho and Birad up top. And I think that's I think this is intentional rather than something that's kind of happening to other four. I think they're they're definitely just giving Vela time to not have to sprint at hundred miles an hour down the sideline right. in these things, right? So if you're looking to play transition, why not have those two, you know, kind of play out of like almost a four four two diamond, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to like a true four three three where, you know, you're usually gonna play out you're gonna play from the outside in, right? It was the the Pep Guardiola wingers on the touchline and drive in with a late running Aguero, right, right, right. So it's a it's a much different setup, but I think it it goes a, it's it it's going to pay off. I think in the long run in terms of saving his legs for the yeah. stretch run. Yeah, I I agree. And I mean, if you have if you have the pacey wing play that you do from Rodriguez and Opoku and and kind of. Not as pacey, but crafty. And I mean, we saw plenty of that from Chicho this weekend. Uh, uh, yeah, why not do it that way? Uh, I think it's a great idea. All right. Uh, D, yeah, Danny, this. What's our record in the rain now? Um, 2 and 0. So maybe, maybe that's just what we need. <laughs> they Even long term, I think they had that, that RSL game yeah. going back to a couple yeah, seasons the, ago. The Houston game, right? Um, mm-hmm that was in LA, uh, you know, you just got to leave LA to get more of that rain. I suppose play all your home matches in Portland. Ugh. All tough. right. <laughs> yes, it is. Same with Seattle too. What a waste. Ben Cox at Sir Bensington. We have four roster spots available Two senior. One of those can be DP and two supplemental. How do you utilize those bonus? Would you offload anyone currently? Josh, let's have you take a whack at it first. Okay, DP, I think you got to go eight, and I think the supplemental spots have got to right back up at this point. That's really yeah, the only two. Good, yeah. Those are probably the only two spots that I'm. I feel some concern. I mean, concerns probably even too strong, right? Definitely right back. I think you could use a little help there, just because you know you're expecting Escobar. You know, we we expect Escobar to come back healthy, and you know they're taking their time with him. But again, you do you really want to risk not having him when you need him the most, right? Like next week, right? Or or in the playoffs, right? Like you you just don't want to have to play him super heavy if mm-hmm. if he's not quite there, right? Um, or play with him at eighty percent or seventy five percent, whatever maybe. So I think yeah. there's there's probably some need there after letting Kim Moon Wango, who who actually looked pretty good when Esquire was. You know when he when he started, right? And uh-huh. then in this, in when he's actually given that instruction not to attack at a million miles an hour, um, but I think right there's probably you can probably look to find some depth at right back. And then like I said, in terms of the DP, I think we're we're you and both you and I have been pretty um, adamant that it needs to be in a created like a that hybrid eight in in the Ross Barkley mode mold. Yeah, yeah, more of a more of an actual like full fledged box to box midfielder or, or some sort of attacking mid that has decent defensive presence when pressing. Um, 
So for me, again, that's the, that's the midfielder. I don't think you need more midfield depth. I think you have plenty because you've got Ilié backed up by Janela. Um, really, I, I would say really backed up by Acosta and then backed up by Janela. You've got Acosta, who's a starting eight, who's backed up by Sifu and also uh, also Blessing. So, I, I mean, there's 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 five guys that you already have. To me, the the missing piece is the is the top end starter that is in marker every single every single time you take the field. Now, with supplemental spots, for those who don't know, that's like a seventy thousand. I think the maximum is somewhere around seventy thousand dollars. You can pay a supplemental player. I think all generation Adidas uh, players, which is some other weird, not like I think it predates homegrown players or something. I don't know. I have <laughs> there's so many weird rules, man. But anyway, it's essentially somebody that doesn't really count against the salary cap, but they have to have a certain. Uh, yeah, they have to be below a certain amount, and I, I think you are right. I think you need to go get some route, some right back depth because you lost your supplemental roster right back in Tristan Blackman. So you need to go find yourself a new one. Um, anyway, uh, the other one, I, uh, well, I guess that's the two senior spots. No, it's not the two senior spots. Uh, I, I. I could see them bringing in another uh, striker because I just don't think that uh, Danny Musovsky is the guy that you want to depend on. But if you have a Poku there, then you might not have to. So anyway, I don't I don't know who you get that's worth it, though, is the only thing. Like what striker are you going to be able to go out and get and just throw on your bench that's really going to make it all that much of a difference. I don't know. You may as well just use Cal Jennings, I suppose. But I guess we're supposed to call him Captain Will Turner, right? That's what, mm-hmm. that's their, that's your rule. Okay. Next one, Jonathan Apuzology. A fall goes to Frankfurt as rumored. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Did I miss did I miss this rumor? I saw that one too and I was like, oh shoot. I guys just just full uh full disclosure, I coached uh, 13 games over the weekend. So I, <laughs> I was not plugged into much of anything at all. Uh, if fall goes to Frankfurt, as rumored, are Henry, uh, Mario Segura, and Las Vegas Lights depth enough to see us to a cup or a shield? It's a really good question. Uh, oof. I got to think about this one. Josh, do you, do you have any thoughts on this? If he leaves, what do you do? If he leaves, do you have enough between Henry, Mario, and Segura, and then whoever else on the Las Vegas lights? I mean, I there's, think there's nobody on the lights that I think is ready. No, I mean, him. and you're we're we're forgetting about Ibiaga too, right? Who who's solid, uh, uh. right? So I think the likelihood is if fall, if you're able to move fall, you're still your 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 likely pairing is going to be. Segura Mario again, right? Um, yeah. Moving forward, and if he's not ready, then it's probably Henry. You know, some combination of Henry and Henry, because I actually rate Henry pretty well. I think he's a good, a good MLS center back. Mm. Um, you know, and you know he's physical. 
he's you know it's just a matter of him getting used to playing in a more you know on a side that's going to have the ball more right comparatively to the Vancouver teams that were you know just bunker in and 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 go so um but I do think he's he can he can bring something to the table there and you'll probably see him feature more I think as the year goes as year goes on um at least especially in like with open cup coming up and some of these other competitions that we're going to see so I think yeah there's something there I mean I think they brought him in for a reason should should the interest in fall continue to pick up you know I mean he's you know like you have the MLS talking heads basically rating him as the the best young player in the league at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And which is again that, you know, the guys have that have been in that same spot are all in Europe at the moment. Right. It's, yeah. That's Pepe. That's Ferreira, Ferreira who's probably going to move soon or at least, I mean, they had, he played so well that they had to sign him to a DP contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to get paid one way or another. Um, because again, I think he, when you look at the way that he, you know, his, his, comfort on the ball and then add that onto his stature right i mean he's 19 and he's 19 years old mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right like you there's something there's some you have something on your hands here that i think could could turn out really well moving forward yeah i i i do think that mario and segura are okay i think there were other problems that made mario look worse than he probably actually was last year right back being the biggest one midfield being another one um so assuming you've put out those fires maybe the mario cigarette partnership looks a little bit better um I, I i man this one kind of threw me for a loop my inclination would be yeah let's let's see what else we can if if there's another guy we can sign then let's do it uh, but I, I don't see them making a big move for a center back just because they move fall. I think that's just like, uh, it's all gravy at that point. Like you got this kid on the cheap, turned him into something and we're able to flip him and we're going to go spend money elsewhere. But anyway, all right. Al Hopkins at Culver city, Al LFC are on pace to score 88.4 goals this season and concede 27.2 higher or lower. And how much? Only five game sample size, of course. Uh, Josh, over under eighty eight point four goals. I mean, that that would previously shatter our own record, yeah. right, for goal yeah. scored. So I would say probably under on goal scored, probably close to on pace for goals allowed, though. Right. I mean, twenty two is pr- I mean, still pretty that's, low, but that's low, man. But that's low. Honestly, I, I, I will say, I, you know, again, the sample size is not very big, but I do trust this coaching staff to put together a defense in a way that I, I haven't in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Kropo's good to to save you at least five to ten that you would have given up previously. Yeah. If they hadn't just dropped four on Orlando, like an actual good team, I'd be like, all right, let's let's put this somewhere down near 60 goals, right? But I don't know. I mean, they scored 72 in 2019. No, 85. 
Did I have that just completely wrong? They scored 85 and allowed 37. Okay. So scored 85, allowed how many? 37. 37. So what was his, what was the overrun, what was the goal scored? 84? On pace to score 88.4. I'm taking the under. Yeah, but I'm I mean, knowing say, that they scored eighty five, I mean, I guess Vela had an absurd season too, and you. Yeah, had I, I don't think I don't think Vela has a thirty four goal season in him. I just really you know, but if you get not. say you get fifteen from him and Chicho each, that's thirty. Uh, we're already five games in, man. Vela has what, four. I could see fifteen from Vela this yeah. year, and Chicho I had, don't... but Chicho had like thirteen in like yeah, but seven games. Many... How many penalties were there? This is true, but then you have so Vela's a lot of those were, of a those. lot of those are going to Vela, right? Yeah. So, I, so Vela puts in twenty. I could ends them, up with eleven. I could see them combining for twenty-five. Ooh, I think that's I think that's low. I think I think the two of them are gonna their output's gonna be somewhere between thirty and forty. I mean, I'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I'd I think I I think you're gonna get at least twenty from Vela. Okay. Right, okay. I think I think I think this game I against to, I can get to twenty for Vela, right? Because yeah, he's he's at four through five games. All right, and then I think you get at ten plus from Chicho. I think so, a po- I mean, put, so. I'm I'm good with that. Let's say let's say thirty. Yeah, is that good? Thirty yeah. is a fair number for the two of them, right? So then you got to get you still got to get 50, 50 goals <laughs> Where are you from goals from Danny Musowski. <laughs> is going to score ten plus goals. I mean, you got, you know, uh, Opoku's probably good for six or seven goals, it looks like. Um, Rodriguez is probably good for about the same. Yeah, but the midfield's not going to produce the numbers that you would probably need, right, to get to those heights. This is what I'm saying, man. Because that 2019 Vela had, what, 34? Yeah. And Rossi had, like, 20? I don't think he had 20, but he was he was up there. I think he was over. He was like 15. third in the Golden Boot that that particular year. Yeah, right? yeah, you are right. Yeah. So I think I want to say Rossi had like 18 or yeah. something crazy. Let me see. Well, and also Vela had 19 assists, right? Yeah. So, so let's see. <laughs> I mean, that season Rossi. from him was insane. Let's see. Beautiful stats. Yeah, I want to say, I swear, I want to say Rossi, because Rossi scored 60 goals in his time at LAFC. Why isn't this pulling up? 20, oh, here you go. Let's see, 19, 18, 19, 18, 19, right? Yeah, or 19, 20? 19. So, let's see here. He had 16. 16. Okay. So you had 50 between the two of them. Yeah. See, I mean, that's ridiculous. Between two, between two guys. Right. So, so you yeah, now you'll, now you only need to account for only, only need to account 35 for 30. goals. Yeah. Which is insane. Like that's, still... <laughs> but I mean, there's like a, there's a path there. Right. And I, I, I just don't see that. I don't yeah, I'm, I'm. You're probably right. They're probably going to end up somewhere between seventy and seventy-five. Give me if seventy is the over/under. It's a harder conversation, right? You're probably, yeah. you're probably saying it's. I still might take the under. Yeah, 
especially that because they are playing a lot more pragmatic, right? It's not score at all costs. Yeah. Now, if they gave up thirty-seven, do you think they can they can limit it to was it to twenty? So he's so the pace right now is twenty-seven point two. Um, they've only given up two goals. So they gave up two goals once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three clean sheets. One to Portland. One to who else? I can't remember. Anyway, I think there's probably, I mean, it. I certainly think you can have another seven or eight clean sheets. Why not? But goals, I, I, I would set the over under on goals at 32. Yeah, you give it one to Vancouver, one to Portland, and two to Orlando. Okay, so four goals in those five games, yeah. Uh, set it at thirty-two. And yeah, that conversation. Yeah, I mean that's so that would be right in between what you're on pace for right now, twenty-seven, and what you allowed in twenty nineteen, which is thirty-seven. I certainly think they they'll give up. They can give up less than thirty-seven because again they they play a different they play a more pragmatic style. Yeah. Um. So anyway. It's a good question. Good. It's a good question. I think I still take the over at thirty-two. Give me thirty-five goals against LAFC. Well, I mean, you, you give up thirty-five goals and score seventy. You're Sixty-five, thirty-five. Yeah, give you're you're probably wa- still walking away with the sportership. Yeah. yeah. Right, because last year New England was sixty-five, forty-one. Hmm. Right, and that was the. I promise, I did not know that number before I said sixty-five thirty-five. <laughs> sixty-five forty-one tied, you know, broke the broke our record right for points or tied. Well, they yeah, broke our record. Played, for they point. played a terrible, terrible schedule though. Still, but yeah, but they, but they, they, they did. They won the point that they, they set a points record. Right, sixty-five forty-one, and Carly know, Sale was was MVP, correct? Mm-hmm. So that's still an MVP season. Sixty-five goals. So. Yeah, and then thinking about Seattle, I mean, sporting last year, right? Was it? No, no. In Colorado last year was a 51, 51 35. Man, Col- so maybe 35 really is the number. Yeah, and, and Seattle only <laughs> for conce- that number, and you're good. And Seattle only conce- <laughs> conceded 33. Okay. Yeah. Right. All so, right, I me, mean, give me 35 goals from LAFC against LAFC, I should say. And we're definitely going to play more attacking than Seattle did. I mean, Seattle's been playing that five at the back lately. So. Yeah, yeah. Using Brad Smith to score goals, mm-hmm. who they don't have anymore. All right, last one. Good question, Al. Uh, last one, Rick at Yoyo Torre sixty six. If LAFC lose to Carson next week, should we be worried? Four wins and one tie. Uh, I will not be worried. I don't think the Carson game holds any weight other than the emotion that we all feel. I think those games are so scattered and haphazard and just honestly straight up bizarre that there's not a whole lot to be drawn from them. Um, And like Galaxy are a much better team this year. Uh, They're playing, they're playing a much more coherent 
style of soccer, given their personnel, right? Uh, so I, you know, it's it's not that I expect to lose or that I think LAFC should make excuses if they lose. It's just like I I just don't put any stock in these matches because there's, I mean, how many times have we seen these games get out of hand? Every single time they play yeah. is how many times, right? The weird thing is, I feel like this is the this in a weird way. This is the best I've felt going into one of these matches that I have in a long time. Right? Really? Or, yeah, because here's the thing: when we've in the past, when we've come up against them, right? We our goal was to dictate the ball at all times. Right? You're di- you're dictating the 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 play, the possession, everything. Right? Yeah. And did not have the horses to do it, right? We, I mean, we've talked okay. time and time again about how yeah. we basically just slam, you know, slam through balls into a brick wall, and then would bounce to Christian Pavone, and then you're off to the races. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, change, change nothing. Yeah. Assume, yeah. Just, just assume that our football is going to win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Whereas heading into this match, I actually don't expect us to want the ball, in a weird way. Uh huh. When you look at the way that the way that Carson has been playing, and right here's here's our little quick preview of of the match, right? Um, Carson has been very good on the ball, right? They have good attacking play, right? Their attacking play has been really good, right? Chicharito's on fire, coast. I don't know what I mean. I already's hurt again. Um, <laughs> Is he? <laughs> oh gosh! I mean, when when who could have predicted that? Yeah, but. Douglas Costa, right, is is you know a great talent in terms of his ability to you know to be able to dictate you know dictate some of those things and in, in how in you know in in in, in build up right, uh-huh. but they are still terrible defensively. Yeah, like they're they're I mean they're better than they have been, but that's not saying much, right? Like you know, and I bel- uh, I don't know if Delgado. If you if you pick up a double yellow for a red, is that is that a one game suspension yeah. automatic? Yeah, right. So they're okay. going to be missing Marky Delgado. He picked up a red card. Okay, against against Portland, right. So that means that they're <laughs> say he's at Perry Kitchen. Um, they're going to be playing someone else in the midfield next yeah. to Ravellison, right. So you're gonna you're you are going to be going to be dealing with some issues from a defensive perspective there because Delgado has been the yeah. guy that sits in when Ravelson gets forward. Goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and so there there are there and there are they were already facing balance issues in terms of how they approach, you know, how they attack as it was. Right? Like they push they push numbers forward early and often. Right? I mean, that's how they got beat by Orlando, right? One nil. Right, yeah. it's like they're pushing numbers, doing all those different things, and leave themselves exposed to the counter. Now, look at that. Look at our first goal against Orlando. Mm. Right, it's it's you know Vela drops in, but it's you know the midfield gets stuck in. Vela drops in, creates a thing, and then now we're off to the races. Yeah, expect to see those transition goals from LAFC in this game. This yeah, is going to be my call. I think that's where I think the approach is much different because, again. Going back to what I always do in, in my Liverpool com- comparisons, Liverpool will dictate the, the play against every team except for one. Right. 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 And it's Manchester City, right? 
Same thing with Seattle. Seattle will dictate the play against every team except when they played against LFC. And then yeah. whenever they play LFC, Schmetzer says, okay, sit in. Fine, have the ball. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, and so I don't, I think, I think you're going to see uh, Toronto approach this game in a, in a fairly similar fashion. Whereas I think Vanny's going to want to try and impose his will on the game. And I think Toronto's going to be willing to allow it understanding that they're super vulnerable. Because you get the thing, if they play, if we play that, what we the same formation with Chicho and, and Rodriguez out wide and Vela dropping in from the middle, right? Their, their center rush can get pulled, but how often do we see Araujo and, um, and, and our boy Raheem Edwards pushing up I mean that's that's where that's where everything comes from for Galaxy is it correct from there. So I mean yeah, I, th- I think you are right. They're going to be super vulnerable uh, to both Arango and and Rodriguez over the top, or you could even see Opoku mm-hmm. because if you think anybody's getting back to defend Opoku on the run, you're out of your mind. And then yeah. if Vela's in the middle, he can outdo those those center backs. So it's just a matter of can you? Pr- I guess what I'm more worried about is. Now that Chicharito has has figured out how to score in MLS, are you going to stop that? And I, that's where I have questions. Yeah, I mean, I get. I I mean, I think they. I think they're going to have. They're you know. I think you're going to see a lot of the fullbacks pinching in, and you're going to see a lot of. And especially if let's look if Escobar is available, right? You're going to see the fullbacks. But you're going to see you're going to see Hollingshead and and a and Escobar in there pinching in, and you're going to see a Casa dropping back next to Ilya. Yeah. And it's going to be, right, clog it up. They're going to, you're basically going to do the exact same thing they did to us two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it'll be interesting to see. That's for sure. Right. Well, you're, you're basically going to muck it up and then look to find, you know, like I said, you know, you have someone drop in, and then you're going to look to find the wingers on the break, um, yeah. because I think we're going that it's going to be extremely dangerous for them. Because again, like they're because their only creativity comes from those wingers, right? It's Araujo pushing up, it's 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 Edwards pushing up, and even if you say, okay, we're going to have Araujo stay at home to take you know to take yeah. care of. Of Rodriguez or 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 I mean, you'd have, sit, you'd have to see you'd have to sit Edwards, <laughs> it, you'd have to sit him yeah. back at left back because you it's you're going to want him to cover for Vela, not yeah. so Araujo is going to be I think loose no matter what. But so but Edwards can't defend. Vela's going to eat. Well, I, I know that. Yeah, but you know, right. <laughs> that's the thing. That's why it's like heading into this match. I actually think it sets up nicely yeah. because, yeah. like I said, the way you know, like. Without Delgado, right? There's going to be a midfield inbound, so you that's should. A, that's a big. That's a big key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. then you're going to have whoever their backup six is in there, or Ravelson's going to have to sit, which takes away from their attack. And depending on what's going on with Costa, because he came was subbed out of the Orlando match and didn't play yeah, against Portland. I, I saw. So I just looked it up. I saw that he was injured. I couldn't get any more detail on what was going on. Yeah, he was subbed out against Portland or subbed in. No, no, no. He was subbed out against Orlando when they lost to Orlando and then did not feature at all against Portland. Okay. Well, uh, man. He didn't even make the bench against Portland, I don't I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Who knows? Who knows? You know, and so, I mean, they had, they brought in Kelvin Leardam, who's, you know, MLS veteran, but no one that worries you. You know, Araujo, I think, came in for him, came in. Araujo came in as a right midfielder. Yeah, that's that's like a name that you hear uh, on extra time. You're like, oh, Kevin Leardam, he's a, he's a quality MLS vet. It's like when you hear them talk about uh, Diego Fagundes, right? Yeah. <laughs> They'll all gush over Diego Fagundes, and it's like, You've just been talking about this guy forever. Like that's the only reason you say these things. There's nothing actually. There's you know, not a ton of substance. But he's he's on the he's been in the league for a while for a reason, right? He's not terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, is he a guy that you know? Like we were talking about the worry about him. Your last supplemental roster. That the last that's (laughs) that that's the kind of guy, right? (laughs) Picking up Kelvin Leardam with your last supplemental thing for seventy five grand is a perfect pickup, right? But in this particular moment, right? If are you going to play that ultra defensive, you know, what we've seen in the past where they play two right backs basically on, on the, along that side. Yeah. Right. They played play Araujo at right wing and then uh-huh. another right back behind him. Yeah. They've definitely done that. But again, I, this, because of the way that they're playing, I, I, I honestly see them being them, the galaxy being more confident. Heading yeah, into this I, one. I, I think I think you're probably right on that, man. I think I think you are right that they're that they're going to want the ball, and LAFC should be perfectly cant- content just to give it to them because mm-hmm. they've shown that they can play ruthlessly on the counter. So just yeah. just go with that. I, mm-hmm. I, I like it. I like and we it. have and we have the horses, like I said, and and the Vela's dictating from the middle. Yeah, you know, it's not like you're going to have some random person. You know, see, it's not seafood dropping in and 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 hoping to get a ball there, like. Vela's, you know, man, don't remind me, right? But <laughs> it's false yeah, but it's Vela put, you know, the the ball that Vela puts on to Chicho, on to Chicho, and for that first goal, yeah, is everything yeah. you need to know about next week because I think like that's going to be there all day long. Yeah, no, I, I I do agree. I think I think you do go with the pressing midfield and you just bug Victor Vasquez and Efra Alvarez when he comes in. Yeah, just take care of business. So. Fingers crossed, man, so we don't have to come on here and talk about a loss. But, again, who knows? Because these games are pandemonium always. So, all right, Josh, anything else to get to tonight? No, I think that's it. Okay, we will talk to you all Sunday night after uh, the Galaxy match. You can follow the show at CounterPress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LAFC, Josh. All right, we will catch you all later. Good night.